welcome to this week's episode of Brain Fart. I am Maddie, and I am your host for this podcast. And let's jump into it. If you're new, welcome to the podcast. Lovely to have you. If you're coming back, awesome to be talking to you again. Shall we continue? Yes, I think so. This week on Brain Fart Podcast, (laughs) wow, I feel very news anchory. This week on Brain Fart Podcast, we'll be discussing something. Okay, let's take a step back and become a person again. This week on this episode, I will be talking about (laughs) something I have been dealing a lot with lately, and that is muscle soreness. And I was thinking of what I wanted to do for a topic, and I realized, Maddie, best talk about what you know and feel. So I am truly feeling the muscle soreness, and I thought it'd be kind of interesting to give some tips and tricks into how I help myself and how I think other people can help themselves with sore muscles and just the tension that they deal with every day and kind of that whole self-care movement as well. I'm a big advocate for self-care. If you have listened, you know this. If you haven't, strap in because here we go. I was... I'm in... Okay. I feel like I say this every episode, but I guess if you're new and tuning in, you wouldn't know this. And so if you already know this, apologies, but here I go. I am currently studying to get a master's in classical acting in London right now. And oh boy, oh boy, I've danced. I danced for four years in college. And yes, I get sore. And yes, like shows make me sore and doing all of that movement has brought me soreness and pain. But this is a new kind of pain. And I do believe that it is my body trying to reset its proper structure after 22 years. It's one thing when you're dancing, but when you're trying to undo all of your built-up tension and restructure the way your spine is and the way your posture is and the way you're presenting yourself, I really do believe that there is some some shifting going on and it is causing soreness and some pain, but I'm hoping it's all good pain. That's something I will talk about this episode. So that's kind of what thrust me into this idea, thrust this idea into me. Oh, gross. Not mm, weird. Gross. Gross phrasing. Let's try that again. It's the reason I chose this topic. So I'm going to do a little bit of a disclaimer. I just want to say I know I talk a lot about chronic illness, and obviously that's the point of this podcast. Good good gracious. I've been talking about it for 40 episodes. Um, but I do want to disclaim and say that chronic pain is not the same as acute pain. And I'm sure if you deal with both of those, you're like, uh, duh, Maddie. The, thanks for stating the obvious. Um, but I just want to say it in the way that it's it can't easily be like reduced this pain. So what I'm saying is these suggestions aren't me saying, oh, you, you with the chronic illness, you with the chronic pain, uh, take an Epsom salt, take an Epsom salt bath and you will be healed. No, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. But I do think that maybe this can help alleviate some of that short-term soreness or even just help remind your body and mind to relax and oh what did I just say that was not a that was not a sentence I said it and then I had a moment of realization that what I said 
didn't make sense. Wow. Okay. I just took a nap and I'm feeling the after effects of it. So maybe not the greatest time to be recording the podcast. But you know, when you're in graduate school, you got to find time and this is my time. So what I was saying was it could be a way to help remind your body to relax and ease the tension you hold in areas because of other pain. So maybe you do have chronic pain or you're having a really bad spell or episode and that is causing you to hold tension in one place. Like I know, I think I am speaking kind of from my experience. I know when I have brain episodes, I usually hold a lot of tension in my neck and shoulders, which I do normally. But when that happens, they get really, really sore. So these can maybe help you with that. So almost those after effects, those after acute pain spurts that happen from your already chronic pain, this could be helpful for. I think I think the moral of what I'm saying is this isn't going to heal all of your pain. And I'm not one to say, okay, yes, eat some magnesium and no more chronic pain. He he he. So I just wanted to kind of set that as a disclaimer, but also saying that I don't think these things would necessarily hurt if you do, because maybe it'll just be some self-care and some help to relax. And that's always great in the end, I think. So I think the beginning, you have to kind of know your body and obviously know your body, but also evaluate it. So when you're feeling pain, Ask yourself, okay, is this soreness? Is this actual pain caused by injury? Is this achiness from maybe sickness? We're getting into sick season and that can really affect the way your body feels. That's what That happened to me last week. I was really extra sore and really in a lot of pain. And it was because I had a little bit of a viral infection. And so once I started to try to kick that out of the way, I started to realize, oh, okay, now this is just soreness and not also achiness and tiredness from that viral infection. So that's that. Especially if you do have a really bad injury, you can't just say, oh, I, I'm i going to slap some gel on that and that'll heal itself. No, like those are things you actually have to check out. I think I'm stating all of the obvious and I'm sorry if you're just wanting to get to the point, but I do want to put these things out there just in case. I am no doctor. I am no nurse. I study classical acting, but these are just things that I have learned being a person who has dealt with chronic illness and who also does some research on the the internet, the vast wealth of information we have at our fingertips. So let's get into it. These are specifically my tips and tricks. So to start off for me, I don't like taking ibuprofen or anti-inflammatories. And I know that's a big thing I honestly forget you can take them when you have muscle soreness because I try not to. I have a little bit of um, uh, like fatty liver from all of kind of the medication and the issues I've had with my body and things along those lines. So I really don't want to tax it too much. This also kind of comes in hand with alcohol in me. I, I do drink alcohol. I I am of legal age, so I can enjoy a drink every once in a while, but I... I don't do it quite often because I don't want to <laughs> put too much pressure on my liver to try and figure things out. So I kind of do the same with 
pain medicine, especially since I get really horrible period cramps. And I like to save my ibuprofen taking time for that because I usually take um, like a medical grade 800 milligram ibuprofen when I have really bad period cramps because they're so horrible and I can't go on with my day and I can't just stop my world to have period cramps. It's just the joy of uterus or uteri bearing people. So I try not to as I try not to between periods. So I really try to reserve it for that. Obviously, if something's really bad, I take it. And anti-inflammatories are great if you have a lot of muscle pain because it helps reduce it. But I think anything, especially medication, in too many quantities is not very good for you. So I try to stay away from that as much as I can. So I have to find different alternative ways to help me. And these are kind of my ways. So I'm going to talk about the the two things I have used topically that help me first before I go into other things. So that was kind of my little schmoozy on, um, on taking drugs for pain. So you, I mean, use your discretion, know what's best for you. And that's what I've learned about my body. So that's what I do with my body. But topically, I found this Arnica gel. It's Arnica. I'm all the way. I'm just so you know, I'm not sponsored. I think that's obvious, (laughs) but I just want to let you know, these are things that I actually use and you could try them out for yourself. Obviously nothing like not everything's going to work for everyone. So you got to do your own research, but I just want to give suggestions and things as to what I use. So I use Arnica. It is naturally derived from plants. I think the plant is arnicum or arnica, something along those lines. It's pretty much the same as the, the name is the same as the actual name for the plant. So it's kind of, I think of it as an all natural version of an icy hot or something along those lines, because I don't know, I, I like to stick to the natural stuff. That's just a personal preference for mine. I mean, use your icy hot if that's what you enjoy. But this Arnica, I think, is really helpful. And I know it's natural. So I use that on my muscles. Or if I I do, I use like a neck hammock. And I also started this technique called Alexander Technique, which is supposed to help kind of the restructuring of your body and your spine and all of that stuff. If you're really interested, you could look it up or I could do a whole episode. I'm really new into it, so I don't feel I have the authority to teach or give advice on that in any means, but it's something I've been doing. And so sometimes I like to use the Arnica gel on my neck area to kind of give it a little bit of warmth or loosen it up a little bit before I put my neck into those positions so it's not going in cold or kind of before I have a really big stretch session, I'll try to use it just to kind of get it warmed up before it has to try to manipulate itself. So that's one of the things I topically use. The next is magnesium oil. So it's just basically magnesium flakes in water. It's not really an oil, but it has the consistency of an oil. So I have kind of this gel oil one that I use, and I will put it in the areas that are sore. And it's great because it is magnesium, and it's like giving, you're absorbing the magnesium through your skin, and that's an essential nutrient you need. And so it can kind of help with those muscle aches. There's not a ton of research on magnesium, and it's topical use. I mean, it's, it's fine, but it doesn't, 
a pardon, but they don't quite have as much information as if you would orally take it or um, get it through food, get it through nutrient, your food nutrients. So that I don't know if you're going to get all of your daily magnesium applying it topically, but I do know that it helps with muscle aches and replenishing it, your body a little bit. And so I think that's really important important to use. And magnesium in general is really important because if you have deficiencies, there's links between magnesium deficiencies and osteoporosis and diabetes and hypertension and migraines and all of that stuff. And that's usually supplemented orally. I'm not saying people will topically put it all over their body and that's how they heal. But I will use it topically for pain to see if that helps at least. But you also have to be really careful when you're using magnesium on your skin. You really have to test it on your skin. It can cause a little bit of burning. It can cause warmth. It causes warmth when I put it on my skin, but no burning. But you just have to be careful, especially if you're very sensitive to topical things with the Arnica and the magnesium, but I think specifically with the magnesium. And also, if you put it on, it can sometimes like soak up really quickly and leave kind of a white dry residue on your skin. And you really want to rinse it off your skin because that can cause burning too. So you just have to be aware of what's going on with your skin. And that's not something I think I've never really put it on before bed and then just gone to bed. Usually like I'll put it on and then take a bath or I'll put it on and then rinse it off in the shower or just rinse it, wipe it off with a washcloth just to make sure it's not causing any burning on my skin. Another thing with magnesium is you have to watch dosage if you take it orally. And I think also if you put it on your skin, just, I mean, watch watch your bowel movements because sometimes if you take too much, it can cause diarrhea. I know I take magnesium sometimes when I'm constipated to actually get things moving through. <laughs> Poop chat with Maddie. But those are just things to watch. So that one's a little bit more finicky. But it's something I use and it's something I like. I I use the brand Ancient Minerals, I believe. Yes. So do what you will with that information. I don't know if any of this... I think you can also make it at home if you just have magnesium flakes and water. I think I would double check that. But yeah, so there's there's ways to go about it and ways to find it. I think if you made it at home, it would be cheaper um, I don't think it was the ancient minerals was horribly expensive though. I probably wouldn't have gotten it if it was. So there's that. So those are kind of the two topical things I use. Next, I'm going to talk about heat. <laughs> and I just started using heat to help in both the form of heat packs or heat uh, pads. What are those called? Heat pads and baths. So I just I just bought a heat pad off of, uh, I think, Amazon or something, and it was relatively cheap, and it's honestly really nice because I can just plug it in and put it around my neck or on my shoulders or on my back, and I know I'll most likely use it when I'm menstruating, when I have cramps, and I think it's just helpful. I was looking it up because I wanted to be sure, and really, if you do a really hard workout, heat immediately after if you're having really acute soreness immediately you should use heat right after to kind of relax those muscles again to make sure <laughs> that they're loose and ready 
to go and so they don't tighten up and get cold really quickly. I don't know. Are these more... I am no scientist. But that is, that's what I was reading. And the other thing is... Um, baths with epsom salts so that's another that's another way to get that magnesium to sit in that water um that i really like epsom salts you can buy them anywhere for relatively cheap i know not everyone are not everyone is a bath person it honestly i didn't ever take baths until this past year and luckily we have a bath in the apartment i know it's not easily accessible to all people not everyone has a bath or has a place they can hop in a bath but for some reason, my flat had a bath, so I was very grateful for that. And, I mean, it's like a shower bath, double du- double duty, but it works enough for me. So I think if you have access to that or have a friend who has one and you really need one, I say go for it. But using Epsom salts in it is, I think, really nice. I also like using essential oils in my bath to calm myself and I know I'm sure there's someone out there going no don't do that but there is there's another kind of I don't know disclaimer or thing like precautions you should take when using essential oils on your skin because they can be kind of harmful or dangerous to your skin so you just have to be careful with these things especially if it's something that's touching your body you have to know if your skin can take it, what can happen? So you should always kind of do a little test on a portion of your skin before you step into an entire bath of (laughs) essential oils. Um, But I really like it to calm myself. I like using frankincense or lavender. I know I think chamomile is another one that people like to use. But so what I do, um, I don't add it directly to the bath. It's good if you have something like Epsom salts in it to kind of break up the break up the essential oil, I guess. But also it's really good to add another kind of vegetable oil like uh, jojoba or olive oil. I honestly just started using moringa oil to with it and it's been fine. And that's kind of acting as a binding agent. So it's oil, so it's not going to dissolve into the water. So it's good that if it has, it's good if it has another oil to kind of collect into. So when it's touching your skin, it's not just immediate essential oil. It's also a different oil kind of making sure it's not going to immediately be really harsh on your body. You should also know that if you put it in with, when the bath is being drawn, like if you're, you have the hot water on and it's going and you put it in, it's, basically just going to kind of go off into the steam and it won't really be there. So you should probably do it after the bath is like fully ready to go and you're about to step in. That's when I usually do it. So that's just another example of being careful with your body and what goes on your body. But I think it could be really nice. I took a bath honestly last night and it was, I had the Epsom salts and I had the, I had frankincense oil and I had the Moringa oil in there just to make sure. And it was really nice. It was really lovely. It made my skin soft. It made my muscles relax for a second. And it was great. And I think that is also calming for the mind because the smell of frankincense can be really relaxing. You have to find the smells that make you relaxed. And so I think that's that was good for me. There is also icing. 
Icing afterwards helps reduce the inflammation and should be done, but I'm I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be honest. I hardly ice my sore muscles. I usually <laughs> go for the heat. I know that's I know someone out there is like, "No, no, that's not how you do it. You have to ice." Um, but I I don't. Maybe I'll get back to you <laughs> if I start and if that is a difference, but I think I think sometimes ice really helps people and heat really helps people, so I think that's another way of finding which one is good for you because I think the heat really helps you relax and release but then the ice can really actually bring down that inflammation just don't put the ice directly on your skin because that can also burn your skin your skin is a she's a sensitive lady they are a sensitive thing (laughs) it just yeah you just got to be careful in that area wow I'm I'm going off this is another one of those episodes where I'm just giving the facts I'm just laying it down quick and dirty here on brain fart wow it's a nasty episode there's a lot of weird jokes in this episode (laughs) that's that's what you get when you get nappy maddie just half asleep half asleep maddie doing a podcast it's been a long week it's been a quite quite the busy week i'm sure i'll probably say that every week but this one was particularly long awesome super incredible i performed on the globe stage a scene it was awesome kooky town wild experience the most incredible thing it was also like 40 degrees outside and the globe is an outside theater so it was quite cold but but really cool really awesome i also did i had quite a couple scene performances this week Ooh, ooh, all that good stuff back to the muscles so there's another thing i have i have that i have a foam roller i know you find them in gyms you can find them pretty cheaply on in different places. I know it kind of sucks. I feel like a lot of these are things you have to buy, but I think there's always ways to get around that. Even if you you don't have a bath, you can't, af- you can't afford a bath. It's Baths are expensive, obviously. I'm not asking you to go buy a bath. If your place just happens to have one, woohoo, you're in luck. But I there's also, you're also able to take like a warm washcloth if you can't get a heating pad get a warm just a warm towel warm washcloth and just compress that over your body and just feel that warmth or especially if it's like your ankle just fill up a bucket of hot water and do a little foot bath things like that there are there are ways around obviously it's not the easiest way but it it can help or like a hot water bottle or anything anything along those lines there's there's ways to work around so I'm sorry if I'm just kind of giving out things of oh you have to buy this you have to buy this I'm not saying that I'm not saying this will heal all your muscle soreness or that you need to do this for self-care but these are just things that I use and they can be helpful but I'll also try sorry I will try to consider that as well because I know it's I mean, I know I'm a call a university student. I know it's not easy to just go out and buy things and come across things. So yeah, that's that's that. So I will go back to foam rolling. So there is foam rolling and it's like a little thing that you sit on and it's pretty painful and you roll out your muscles. But also you could just stretch. There's also just stress, stretching and self-massage. But also I think, but also, but also, but also, I think you need to go gently. I was doing, I, one of my 
Tudors was telling me this when we were massaging our jaws, which is another place to massage because you hold so much tension in your face and your jaws. And it really is good to just get in there and rub it and massage those things every once in a while. And by every once in a while, probably every day, because we do hold so much tension there. But when I was going at it, they said, give it, don't attack it because it will start to seize up and kind of freak out that it's being attacked. So you really just have to go into those things gently. And I think if your muscles are already really sore, don't try to pound them into submission. Just ease them into comfort. And that's what I think you can do with foam rolling and stretching. Just ease them ease them back into some more comfort. Especially with things like your facial muscles or your neck muscles. I think especially for me, I really try not to pound my neck muscles. It's The neck is a wacky thing. It's this little tiny stick that holds up like an eight pound ball. I mean, you have a whole body, you have your whole, your whole body holding you up. And then it's like, oh, here's this little toothpick that's gonna like your little spine toothpick and a little spinal column that's gonna hold up your giant head with some muscles surrounding it just to make sure that's a crazy job. And that's connected to the shoulders. And they Oh, they have to do a lot. It's just, it's a lot of work your body does for you every day. And so give it, give it some tender love and care. (laughs) And so back to that self-massage, really, you don't just have to do it to your face. You can do it to your shoulders and you can do it to your legs or the places in your back that you can reach. And I know giving yourself a massage is never as rewarding as receiving a massage from someone. And I would totally say, yeah, let's all go out this week and get massages. But let's be real, massages are expensive. For sure, you can treat yourself and do that. Or you could go on a place like Groupon and find deals. They usually have a lot of deals for massages. But still, sometimes that's just not in the budget. So I say maybe you could ask a friend, ask a good friend, give them a coffee, return the favor, say, hey, you massage my back, I'll massage your back. I don't know if this is just the theater acting person in me saying this, because we'll do that a lot in in theater school. We'll just say, hey, yeah, can you let's start a massage train where we're all just massaging each other's backs and shoulders. I know not everyone is very touchy feely like that. So if that doesn't quite float your boat, I understand. But that might just be the theatery me saying, yeah, just ask your friend to give you a massage and give them one in return. So I think it's worth the shot, though, if you're not weirded out by touch. I know some people aren't weirded out by touch, but you know, use your discretion. That's all I'm saying. And then I think the last things are basically just what you're putting into your body. You better be hydrating. If you're not hydrating right this moment, hydrate. Because we need it and your muscles need it and your body needs it. Yesterday when we were at the workshop, we were on the stage and we didn't have our water bottles and we didn't really have access to bathrooms. And me, who has to pee all of the time, had to basically give up water for the day because I knew if I didn't, I would have to pee all the time. And boy, was I feeling it later. I really felt the effects dehydration can have on your body. So really, really keep that hydration going. Also, there's anti-inflammatory foods or antioxidant-rich foods. I think with antioxidants, there you kind of have to be careful. You, you really can have too much of a good thing because antioxidants are protecting your cells, but they can also, if you're taking a lot, they can protect your bad cells as well. So just don't 
compound antioxidant supplements. I'm sure the ones we get from food are fine, but I know some people take supplements for it. But just be wary of that. Keep that in mind as well. It's really protecting all the cells, good or bad. And that can be too much of a good thing. Okay, that's just a little PSA. But those foods are really great if you have inflammatory issues. If you can eat pineapple and ginger, those are really awesome anti-inflammatories or antioxidant-rich foods, as well as curcumin, uh, which is basically, that's the chemical compound that's found in turmeric. So you could use turmeric as well. Turmeric is the root plant, but it's scientifically called curcuma. Ooh, now we're getting a little bit of a lesson. How fun. But either of those are also really great anti-inflammatory foods. I think with turmeric, you have to, to get it activated, you either have to have it in like a coconut oil or um, like just crack some black pepper with it. And I think those activate it. That could just be a fever dream I'm having, but I I would look that up to double check, but I think that's correct. I'm like, like I stated, I'm no scientist, I'm no food scientist, but I think that's kind of information I've accumulated over time. And that is kind of what I do whenever I have turmeric, just to make sure it's it's good to go. So those are those are some things. There's plenty of other antioxidant-rich foods and anti-inflammatory foods, but those were kind of the ones I thought about immediately. Also, just be in mind, like, be aware if you're gonna do any sort of exercise. And honestly, exercise could just be you walking up the stairs or you walking to your bathroom. I know some people really struggle, especially if you're bedridden with chronic illness. It's really difficult to do things. So maybe just do a little bit of a stretch. If you're in bed, give yourself a little bit of a stretch if you can, if you can bear it. I know it's easier said than done, but especially if you are about to exercise, do some dynamic stretches and then remember to cool down. Don't just, there's so many different stretches and I think we fall into patterns of a couple specific ones, but there are really so many different dynamic stretches that you can be doing. So I said, there's the beauty of the internet is there's so many resources. Of course, the con, the downfall of that is there's sometimes a lot of mixed information and there's going to be mixed information because I don't think anyone knows everything about this entire universe and what we should be doing. But I think there are some great resources for stretching or for cooling down. I think a lot of the time I forget to cool down after working out. I'll finish working out and be like, okay, yeah, let me go sit in class for another hour and a half instead of saying, okay, I need to work myself down from this point. I worked myself up. I, I should allow myself to work down so it doesn't just go from active high energy to nothing. So I think that's something to keep in mind. And I think the last thing I just want to say on this topic is not all soreness comes from exercise. And it's, it's okay if you're sore. It's okay even if you just walked up the stairs and that made you sore. It doesn't make you less than... It doesn't mean you're the worst person and you're so out of shape. Sometimes illness just brings pain to our bodies more intensely than, say, a person who doesn't. So I don't think it should ever be something that we feel bad about having. Because sometimes I feel bad that I'm really sore. Oh my gosh, wow, I must be really out of shape if I'm sore after that. But... In all, re- in all reality, our bodies are different and our bodies are going to react differently to different things. Not everyone's going to be feeling the same way after a workout class or after some movement or after a walk together. There's going to be different 
reactions in our body. And I think the more we listen and tune in and figure out what's going on within ourselves, the better off we'll be because then we can tune out everyone else's noise and tune into what is happening within us. And that's going to just put us in the prime position to help ourselves in that way. And I know, I know with chronic illness, trust me, I know I have the chronic illness, but even with chronic pain, it can be difficult sometimes to decipher what's going on and to figure out what's going on. But I just implore you to keep searching and to keep trying. And I know, I know how difficult and overwhelming that can be, but I really think we can do it and we can figure it out and we can continue searching for answers And even if you just tuned in because you get sore because you like working out, I hope you found this interesting and I hope these are things, even if you knew most of these things, sometimes it's nice to have them in one contained spot and to reiterate that message and those thoughts. So I hope, I hope this podcast was well worth your time today. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. If you have anything or if you have certain things or suggestions or little tips and tricks you do I would love to hear them especially especially in this time because I'm very sore and I don't expect to get any less sore anytime soon so if you want please reach out um you can find me at brainfartpodcast at gmail.com or if you're on social media brainfartpodcast on instagram or brainfartpodcast on facebook those are the two social media platforms I can bear it's it's hard all the social media accounts <laughs> but if you find yourself there or on email please feel free to reach out follow do whatever comment if you have ideas or you have suggestions or you want to hear about something that's awesome if you want to continue just listening and falling into the background I absolutely support that because honestly that's what I do with most podcasts so yeah thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the continual support and for creating an awesome, awesome little community. It's it's a little community, but it's a community and I am pleased to be a part of it. So thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you next week. Have a great whatever time it is, wherever you are. Bye.